At the beginning of 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul asked the church to put up with him, to put up with a little foolishness. That's what he said. Uh, And I told you last week that Paul was being attacked. He was being attacked personally by these false teachers as one who was not trustworthy, uh, one who was not truly an apostle. They were saying a lot of mean things and bad things uh, about Paul. And what is sad is that the church actually allowed these false teachers to keep on talking, to keep on being a part of their fellowship. They should have recognized these false teachers They should have recognized the apostasy and the the false teaching, but they didn't. They just let them keep on talking and let them keep on leading in their church. Um, But Paul, he loved the church. And I've said this all along, even when we covered 1 Corinthians, there's no doubt that Paul was much like a spiritual father to the church at Corinth. So he loved the church and he did not turn his back on them, even while he was being attacked. He did not turn his back on to the church. Uh, you know, uh, he didn't move on to the next church. He continued uh, to write these letters to pray for and care for the church at Corinth. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to cover verses 16 through 33 in chapter 11. And in this passage in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11, 16 through 33, Paul actually uses sarcasm with the church. So he's going to come across very sarcastic, okay? His language that he uses. It's going to be very sarcastic, but he uses the sarcasm with the church to point out the hypocrisy of the false teachers in whom they've endured. And so he's going to, he's going to come across very sarcastic with them, but this is the language that works. He's, he's trying to get their attention. And so he's going to talk to them uh, very sarcastically, but again, he wants to point out the hypocrisy of the false teachers. And again, the church has endured it. The church has allowed them to have a stage, allowed them to have a, a microphone, if you will, to speak. And so Paul knows that. So not only is he going to call out these false teachers, but he's going to say, hey, church, why are you listening to these guys? Why, why are you listening to, to this foolishness that they are speaking, this false teaching? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this passage. And, and again, uh, it was hard for me to read uh, without going, man, Paul is, he's putting it on him, man. This, he's very sarcastic. And I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not a big sarcasm fan. Like, I, I, I don't like sarcasm. Uh, personally, I don't like to use it. And I don't like it to be used on me, but I get the point. I get the point. And so when I read this passage of Scripture, I was like, how do I, how do I teach that? Like, I don't like sarcasm, so how do I teach sarcasm? But you're, you're going to see very quickly what I mean. And so let's jump right in. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, the first passage we're going to look at will be verses 16 through 21. So he says in verse 16, I repeat... Let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool so that I may do a little boasting. Now, remember, before I go any further here, Paul does not like to boast. When he boasts, who does he like to boast in? Jesus. That's right. He likes to boast in the Lord. 
He never wants to boast in and of himself. But if you'll remember when he started this chapter, he said, I'm going to ask you church to put up with a little foolishness. I'm going to boast like the people that you're listening to boast. And so you can see right off the bat, he's being very sarcastic here. So he says, if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, because that's what they've been doing, so that I may do a little boasting. So here he goes. He says in verse 17, in this self-confident boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, because the Lord would never do that, but as a fool, since that's who they're listening to. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you are so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Very sarcastic. He says, whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. So, Paul is making it very clear here to the church. He's basically saying, church, you are immature. And, And so because of the immaturity of the Corinthians, Paul has to use sharp language to grab their attention. So Dr. Warren Wearsby, and I, again, I love Dr. Warren Wearsby. He's another uh, preacher that I love to read and uh, look at his work. He has a set of commentaries called Be Wise, or Be. And so he says in his commentary, he says, It was the immature and the unspiritual attitude of the Corinthians that forced Paul to write about himself and boast about his personal experiences. The false teachers were not ashamed to boast in themselves, and the Corinthians were not afraid to accept their boasting. Paul was not denying the inspiration of his words. Rather, he was admitting that by boasting, he was being very much unlike the Lord. However, he was led to do this in order to prove the hypocrisy of the false teachers and to prove his love for them and to protect them from those who would lead them astray. So again, why did Paul use this sharp language with the church that he loves? It's because they were allowing foolish language, right? They were listening to foolish language. So Paul says, since you're listening to fools, let me act like one of those fools. Let me talk the way those fools talk. Since you listen to those fools, maybe you'll listen to this fool too. So Paul is using this sarcastic language so that he can grab their attention. And and again, uh, it's as if Paul was was saying, hey, since they're playing the boasting game, I'll play the boasting game too. And so Paul, right, as he boasts, his intent, Paul's boasting is not to draw attention to himself. That's not what he wants to do when he boasts. Rather, it is to help the church recognize that the false teachers, and he says it very clearly, he says it's the false teachers who are enslaving you and exploiting you. So the way they talk to you and the way you're listening, you're falling right into their trap. They are enslaving you 
with their teaching and they're exploiting you. What does, what, if someone exploits you, what does that mean? They're taking advantage of you, right? Understand this. The Corinthian church was one of the most wealthy churches of all the churches. They were financially set. And if you'll remember, earlier in this chapter, we talked about the finances, right? And the giving. And Paul said, hey, look, I've never asked anything from you. As a matter of fact, it feels like I'm robbing other churches to talk to you while you pay the false teachers. And so we won't get into that because we already have. But, but Paul, the reason he is boasting is not to say, hey, look at me. Rather, it's to say, look at them and what they are really doing to you. That they're exploiting you. They're enslaving you. They're slapping you in the face and you're just letting them. And so Paul is using this language to, to point out the false teachers and what they are doing, but also to point out the church and say, you're allowing this. You're actually listening to this and you're continuing to let them talk and give them a stage. And so uh, Paul is playing the part of a fool here. And again, it's as if he's saying, okay, um, if we want to compare each other, let's compare each other. And that's what we're about to see. We're about to see a little comparison here. Paul's going to say, here's who the false teachers are, and here's who I am. And, that, and, and again, does he want to do this? No, he does not. Paul never wants to talk about himself. He wants to talk about Jesus. Right? That's what he wants to do. But in order to talk about Jesus, he has to say, look at these false teachers and who they are, and what they are promoting, what they are boasting about, and look at me, and look at what I am promoting, and what I am truly boasting about. He's already told them what he boasts in. He boasts in the Lord. But undoubtedly, they ain't listening real good. They're still listening to the false teachers. So, watch what happens in this next passage, this very important passage, verses 22 through 33. Paul says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? (laughs) And look at what he says to himself. I am out of my mind to talk like this. In other words, how could I even ask that question? That's what he's saying. He says, I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. And watch this, verse 24. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten by rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked, beside everything else. And by the way, verse 28 really is the climax 
of what he's saying. Verse 28. He said, beside everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? If I must boast, I will boast in the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus who is to be praised forever, knows that I am not lying. In Damascus, the governor under King Aretas had the city of of the Damascenes guarded in order to arrest me. But I was lowered into a basket from a window in the wall and slipped through his hands. So again, Paul is very much uncomfortable talking about himself. That's not his intent. That's not what he wants to do. But he is led to do that because of the church putting up with these false teachers, listening to these false teachers, uh, their hypocrisy. And so Paul says, if we want to play a comparison game, okay, I'll play a comparison game. So Paul continues to speak uh, in a foolish tone, if you will, uh, using their own language against them. As a matter of fact, it reminds me of Proverbs 26, 5, where the Bible says, answer a fool according to his folly. You know, that's what that says, Proverbs 26, 5. It says, answer a fool according to his folly. In other words, talk to a fool the way a fool can understand it. All right? And so Paul says, if I got to act like a fool so that you understand what I'm saying, then okay. And so he plays this comparison game. So let's look at this comparison, right? First of all, Paul is ethnically qualified just like the false teachers. Paul says, oh, they boast in being a Hebrew? They boast in being an Israelite? Oh, they boast in being Abraham's descendant? So am I. Paul said, I'm as ethnically qualified as they are to preach to you, the church. But he makes very clear They are not superior, right? You remember what they called themselves? Super apostles. Remember what they were saying about Paul? He's not truly an apostle. Because if he was, he would do what he said. He said he was going to come see you. He hadn't been yet. So he can't keep his promises. He's not really an apostle. We are are Hebrews. We are Israelites. We are descendants of Abraham. We are apostles. So they were... They, they were pr- trying to promote themselves as someone above Paul, superior. But Paul makes it very, very clear, uh, I am equally qualified. And, and, and that's just from an ethnical standpoint. So in Paul's opinion, right? In Paul's opinion, and I'm not talking about just this letter to Corinth. I'm talking to all, about all of his letters, right? Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians. Paul says that neither a Jew nor a Gentile has grounds to boast in their heritage. He says it doesn't matter whether you're a Jew or a Gentile, you have no grounds to boast of your heritage in the Lord. He says we all come humbly before the Lord who is God. And so he's basically saying, oh, they're a Jew, so am I, right? They're Abraham's descendants, so am I. But that doesn't make us, right? That doesn't give us the right to boast about ourselves. 
And so this was a foolish comparison. Paul knew that this was a foolish comparison. But in this moment, again, he played the game to point out the foolishness of the false teachers. So what does Paul do? How does he separate himself? How does Paul separate himself from the false teachers since they are alike in ethnicity? How does he separate himself? And here it is. Paul boasts in his sufferings. He boasts in his sufferings. And his sufferings are for Christ's sake, for the gospel, and it is for the care of the church. If you'll read these letters, find me, find me any verse of Scripture where the false teachers boast in their suffering for the gospel. You're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. When they boast, it's look at me. Look at what I am. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at what I've done. Right? Paul says, I'm going to boast in my sufferings. My sufferings for Christ and my care for the church. So this is where Paul says, when he says, I am more, right? He's not trying to say, I'm better than. He's trying to say, I have suffered. I have suffered because of the gospel. I have suffered because of Christ's sake and because of my care for the church. In other words, this ain't about me, right? This is about the gospel I preach. This is about the church that I love. And so what does Paul say? Paul says, I've faced imprisonment. I've faced floggings. I've faced near-death experiences again and again and again. He says he was beaten by the Jews with 39 lashes. You see, that first phrase when he says, I was beaten with the lashes, 40 minus 1, that is a Jewish form of punishment. That's a Jewish form of punishment. Then he says, and he, he did that five times, Then he says he was beaten by rods. Well, guess who beat people with rods? The Gentiles. Beating people with rods was not a Jewish custom. That was a Gentile custom. And they would have known that. They would have known the difference. He says he was beaten with rods three times. When they were beaten with rods, the most common common punishment of being beaten with rods was basically disorderly conduct. Public, right? Public um, disorderly conduct. And so, disturbance of the peace, if you will. And Paul says, I got beat by the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, he also, he listed here that he faced many natural catastrophes, right? On the roads, on the rivers, right? And all of this, why did he face all of this? Because he preached Jesus Christ. Because he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why he suffered like he did. Did he quit? Nope. He kept on preaching Jesus. He kept on telling people the truth of the gospel. And so he says, if anything, here's what separates me from these false teachers. Paul says, if I really must boast, then let me boast in my sufferings. And when you look at this, I told you, you could see he, he lists a long passage, several verses of all of these physical sufferings. And that's what I want you to see. Paul faces both physical suffering and spiritual suffering. And I told you, you can look at it again right there in verse 28. He starts off, beside, he says, besides everything else. In other words, I told you all this, but beside all of that, here's the most important. 
And here's what he says in verse 28. I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Paul said, this ain't about me. This is about you, the church that I love. And so Paul faces physical suffering, but most importantly, he, he faces spiritual suffering. Listen, Paul's heart burns for the gospel. Paul's heart burns for the church. He wants the church to know who she is. He wants to, the church to know why she is. He wants, them, he wants them to know their purpose on this earth. They belong to God and they are to bring Him glory. And Paul knows if they are being enslaved and exploited by these false teachers, then they are not glorifying God. And so that hurts Paul's heart. It breaks his heart. And so that's what he wants them to understand. So Paul, right here at the end, he says, if I, if I must boast, I will boast in my weakness. That's what he says. If I must boast, then I will boast in my weakness. Right? Because Paul knows if he boasts in his weakness, right, he knows that the power of Jesus is magnified. That's what he knows. He's already said that. He's already said that to the church at Corinth. He says that to other churches. He knows that if he recognizes and boasts in his weakness, that is when the power of Jesus Christ is magnified in his life. And so where the false teachers pointed to weakness as a flaw, Paul points to weakness as the strength, the strength of God. So that's what separates him from the false teachers. The false teachers say, oh, if you're, doing, if you're going through all this suffering and you're weak, then you can't be an apostle. You can't be blessed by God. And Paul says, no, it's the other way around. Paul says, if I'm suffering, then I'm suffering for Christ. If I'm suffering, I'm suffering like Christ suffered. And if I'm suffering and if I'm weak, then Christ's strength, His power, will be magnified. And that's what Paul tells them. And that's what he wants them to know as the church. As a matter of fact, um, I, when I was reading this passage, and I got to the end of the passage, I, I was like, what does, Paul, what, what does Paul really want them to know about himself? I know he's uncomfortable, right? Talking about himself. But he has to stand his ground. He has to stand his ground because if he doesn't stand his ground, the false teachers are going to keep on speaking and the church at Corinth is going to keep on listening. And how is God going to be glorified in that? And how is this church going to make a kingdom impact, right, on the earth in that place where God placed them? Listen, if they're being led by the false teachers, Christ is not going to be preached and God is not going to be glorified and God's kingdom in Corinth is not going to advance. So Paul says, I've got to stand my ground. I've got to stand up to these false teachers. And I've got to make sure the church knows the difference between the false teachers and their hypocrisy and me, the one who loves them and who is teaching them and telling them the truth. So ultimately, if I could sum it up, right, with one statement, here it is. Ultimately, Paul wants the church to know that God called him, God called him, that God cared for him, because here's the thing, he could have died a long time ago. 
He could have died on the seas. He could have died by the Jews' hands. He could have died by the, the Gentiles' hands. He could have died in jail. He could still be in jail, right? But what he says is God called him. God cared for him, which means God took care of him. And I love this. He says God gets the praise. Don't you love that? That's the difference between him and the false teachers. He says God is to be praised all the time. It blows my mind. He starts talking about these beatings and these imprisonments and this, these shipwrecks. He, he starts talking about all of these things. And, and you start talking like that and you're thinking, poor woe is me. Right? You, you start talking about, oh, my hip, my back. Oh, oh, poor, oh, woe is me. And yet Paul says, to God be the glory. Right? Praise God. Think about that, right? He's giving God praise while he's being attacked. By false teachers. He's giving God praise knowing that there's probably more suffering coming, right? Because that's all he's faced. That, that's all he's faced is suffering. Persecution. And, and, and what's crazy is he used to be one that caused the suffering. He used to be the one that caused the persecution for the sake of God. So if anybody, if anybody can see both sides of this picture is Paul. Paul knows exactly the ground that these false teachers are standing on and he knows the gospel in which he's standing on. He sees the difference. And and so sometimes in this life, I I, I was praying and I said, God, you know, what what does this word mean to me right now? At Start Baptist Church, what does this word mean to me? Uh, Just a man in this community you place me. And what I come up with is that sometimes in this life, um, we have to defend ourselves from attack. Sometimes we have to do that, okay? Sometimes we have to defend ourselves from attack. However, right, we have to do it the right way. We need to be focused on God. We need to be focused on the gospel of Jesus Christ so that when we are defending ourselves, we're pointing people to Christ, We're not boasting and making much of ourselves. We're boasting and making much of Christ. And so again, you know, these these last couple of chapters have been hard for me to read. And and, uh, it's it's just the whole boasting thing, right? Um, You know, I I love it when when people say good job or thank you or man, you did good. And I want to take that compliment, but I never want to take that compliment and, and store it up in my heart and my mind and start thinking big of myself. That, that's, that's a dangerous place to get. When you, when you start thinking more of yourself than you should and less of others, and when you start making things about you and not keeping things about the gospel and about God's kingdom. Remember this morning, I talked about agendas, right? I want to be on the agenda of agendas. I want to be on God's agenda. Not trying to get people to be on mine. I want to be on God's agenda. And that's what Paul was. Paul was on God's agenda. He was doing God's work. And in this circumstance, in this situation, Paul had to say, okay, enough's enough. I hear what these false teachers are saying. I see what it's doing to the church. And I'm not going to stand for it no more. And so Paul calls out the false teachers. And and, and in a very loving way, he calls out the church. 
He says, church, who are you listening to? And, and why are you listening to it? They have no ground to stand upon. I'm standing on the gospel. The gospel that saved you. The, the gospel that brought you together. And, and so, God's truth, God's word, Jesus Christ. He wants them to know God's word. He wants them to know Jesus because at the end of the day, what is it that sets us free to live? Truth. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said the truth will do what? Set you free. That's what Paul wants them to know. He wants them to know the truth so that they can recognize the lies. And that's exactly what the false teachers were doing. They were lying. And in the midst of the lies, they were trying to attack Paul. Because if they could attack Paul and get Paul out of the way, woo, easy pickings, right, from the church. And so Paul said, not, not on my watch, not on this day. He says, I don't want to play your game, but if you want to play a game, I'll play a game with you, right? That's, that's basically his tone. Very sarcastic, but he got right to the point. And so what, a, what an awesome passage of Scripture now that I've read it. And, and prayed, and the Spirit's kind of given me some understanding and given you some understanding. Um, Paul loved the church. And the reason he loved the church is because God called him, right? And the reason he could keep doing what he was doing is because God cared for him. And, and, and Paul just said, God, you'll get the praise no matter what. You'll get the praise no matter what. So what an awesome uh, passage of Scripture.